Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is The New Selling Paradigm and How to Sell Better Post-COVID. Before I tell you the bio of our special guest, here's my personal introduction. I first became aware of him at John Overdurf's site, who was a huge influence on me. I bought a course there, NeuroDrivers. I was like, ooh, who is this guy working with John? It was very impressive. And I became friends with him on, fra- on Facebook and we became very friendly. Uh, and uh, I really come to admire him very much. Uh, I saw how cool he was. You know, I researched him and the more I found out, the more I liked. Uh, he is a very, truly a very generous and support, supportive person. I'll give you two specific examples. He's a contributor of Proficio in two ways. One, he, he's a hypnotist and he created an awesome meditation for our motivator mode module, which is a patent pending process. Uh, so he's, he's one of the main contributors for that. And he did it in a very generous way. So of course it's business, <laughs> but he, he didn't have to do that. He could have declined and he didn't. The second is that he offered also offered us a, uh, I asked him and he gave us a very valuable gift uh, in our marketing. Uh, so these, these are two ways that he's been very generous to me. Uh, again, in a business way, uh, it's not charity, but he, he could have easily said no, but he didn't. And he's, he's been there for me in other ways too. And he's made a big difference in my life actually. And he's one of the most respected leaders in the world of subliminal video, neuro-linguistic programming, and hypnosis. With over 20 years of personal coaching and therapy, he delivers dynamic and interactive coaching that helps people get clear about what they want. His unparalleled and heart-centered guidance helps his clients create rapid, measurable change in their lives, their businesses, and their plans for the future. He collaborates with and has mentored some of the leaders in the field of personal development, like yours truly, success and small business product generation, like yours truly. When the world's top leaders in business and personal achievement need a coach, behind the scenes, he is the guy they turn to for clarity and support. He has spoken to audiences around the world, including extensive presentations in Moscow, Russia, and Siberia. His speaking style challenges both the conscious and unconscious minds to open to new possibilities so that greater understanding, knowledge, and growth can occur. Ladies and gentlemen and others, I give you Mark J. Ryan. Hey, Tony. Thank you. I appreciate that. I need to update the, you said over 20 years, it's over 30 now. So I have written parts of it and rewritten some of it again, but I, I thank you for that. I'll update that part. I just took it. one, I just took one third of your career. career <laughs> I gotta say that's huge. I was like, man, have I done all that stuff? <laughs> that <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I, you know, uh, like I said, we have been friends online 
uh, though you've spoken, you know, uh, as I've already mentioned. But uh, this is our first face-to-face -face conversation, and uh, it's it's really such a pleasure for me on for all the reasons I just mentioned. Uh, and I, it, thank you for being here, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. And I remember, I think it was friend of ours, uh, mutual friend Gordon. Uh, who introduced us initially? He says you got you got to meet Tony, and and I think he wrote the same thing. He says you guys need to be friends. A couple other people on there, and that was a while back. Yes, and, that, and yes, it was Gordon. That's was right. Gordon. And yeah, how do you is it Saladino? Is Saladino, that, is, right? Saladino. Okay, I, that's right. It was Gordon. He is our mutual friend who connected us. Yeah. That's right, man. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So uh, let's get right into it. Sure. Uh, let's talk about the new selling paradigm how to sell better in post-COVID. So uh, you want to touch on that? So with that, or should I just ask you some questions? Sure, start it off with some questions. Okay. We'll go from there and then I'll, I'll roll. A lot of times I start to roll. So you'll sure. have to forgive me if well, I go a little long. Let me just, let me just back up once. Sure. Is everything sales? Yeah, we've heard, we've heard that something is the oldest profession in the world, but actually there's one that goes before it. Sales is the oldest profession in the world. So yes, everything, everything is sales. Really, if we're, if we think a certain thing and that's the business we do with, with uh, helping people and people do with self-help is you have to believe something. And then what happens is, is people get stuck with that, with what they believe. And so how do we get past with that, that, that belief? If somebody wants to buy something, but they're not quite there yet, they either sell themselves or some, or the salesman's job is to sell them to find out what the objection is, what the block is and get past that. But that's exactly what we do as therapists, as, as people that are coaches, we help people find the blocks and then move past them. So, well, yeah, I would say every, everything that you do with yourself, with everybody that, you know, conversation, if you're having a conversation with a friend of yours and you want to get them, him or her to laugh, you're, you're going to find a way to get them to laugh. You've got to sell them on a laugh. Right. There's some sort of persuasion going on almost all the time. Yep. I agree. That's <laughs> now, it. E even, in, you know, in, in business sales, you know, where I, I think that, okay, if I just deliver value and benefits, then I'll be able to close the deal. A lot of times it's not even the case. I mean, there's, there has to be more to it. There's things that we learn in neuro-linguistic programming and there are other factors, other, ne you know, other needs that have to be met in, in a process for a, for a person to be sold. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It's, it's the biggest thing that I learned when I started doing sales trainings, I did one actually during COVID, it was a private sales. I flew out to Las Vegas and uh, had a group of people there. And I'll tell you a couple of stories based on the, the, the story that the seminar that we did, I started off basically doing, going doing a round table, um, coaching we had a room full of people and i just started off and had the people introduce themselves and asked them why they were there and then i and people were at, at the end of the seminar they're like that was our favorite part of the seminar and i'm like why because we had no idea this was going on behind the scenes but i was also teaching them as i was having conversation with each person why are you here what's going on and the result of that is because of my ability to listen my training and listening and and so many people don't listen. And what you said a little bit ago about how they've got it in their mind of what they want to happen, they've got a goal that they want to attain. It almost turns off the ability to listen to things that they're not prepared for. 
they're not prepared to hear. They're prepared to hear only what's within their framework of what the goal is. But listening is the ability to turn that off and actually hear what that person is saying, to hear the values, to hear what they're concerned, hear what they want. What are they really looking for? Is, is your product, I mean, to try to sell somebody your product if they don't need it is crazy. If they don't need it or want it, it, it it's almost like a waste. At first, you got to have them, do they, do they have a need for it? Do they want it? That's been one of my greatest educations is balancing my agenda with what the person needs and wants, what they're saying, and, 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 and to me to understand that by listening, <laughs> right? And so I have to listen both to what to their words, but as well as to pay attention to them yep. as a whole person, right? You know, there's, as we both know, uh, the spoken word is, is less important in person than body language and tonality and other factors. We've got to really be present with somebody to really appreciate what they're about. Yeah, that, that's it. And be present is, and, and part of the newness of what's happening in, in the COVID age um, is with what we're doing right now with Zoom, there's a part of body language and tonality that's not present when we're on Zoom. So now your acuity has to be more. I had one of the guys that was at the um, seminar in Las Vegas. He was, his wife was there and his, they, he called me up and invited me out to, to dinner at the last night of the seminar. I went out and met him. And uh, he's, my, she goes, my wife, or he said, my wife is really sold on you and thinks that I ought to do a training with my com big medical company. I'm not going to go into who, who exactly it was. Or, and I said, okay, what's, what's the issue? What's the problem? What would you like training on? You know, he says, phone sales. And I'm like, perfect. I said, I've been doing phone sales for 30 years with, with the coaching because before Zoom, there was only phone sales. And a lot of times places that I lived in the mountains of Northern California and a certain other place in upstate New York, central New York, actually, people, people weren't going to drive across the country. And I, I did have some people fly from Europe and, and meet me, especially Mount Shasta, that's because they could put a vacation in with it. But it was, it was completely by phone. So I didn't have visual stimulus. I couldn't see what their body language was doing. I, I, it was all tonality. And studying under John Overder for all those years, that's part of the training that I did with him since the uh, mid, early, mid early to mid-90s was how to listen and have acuity. So when I do visual stuff and in-person things with people, I almost feel like I'm cheating because I've learned <laughs> to get the information from the auditory cues breathing differently, a pause, uh, the change in the, uh, you know, the volume, the change in the speed of how they're talking, so many different things that so we things. have to learn in NLP, but now add to the visual stuff to it. Well, I'm getting all that information to help people shift and change, but now I've got the visual to add to it. And it's almost like, geez, I feel like I'm cheating here. I feel like this, <laughs> you got a whole, whole other layer that you can use. Exactly. Yeah, I totally relate because, you know, I had a life coaching practice and it was all over the phone and I really had to up my game with the ear and I did out of necessity. I better listen to every single thing that was being out there because that was all useful and necessary information for me to utilize. Uh, but now we've got also now we've got Zooms and Skype. So we got this other layer and we better pay attention to that because they're 
we're always communicating, right? No matter what. And we, you know, for depending on how good of a communicator we are, we're paying attention to all the things that are, that's going on. Yeah. And it creates almost a, a kind of a magic for the client too, because the client is like the, you know that they're, they're, they're saying, I'm looking around and you're not here. How did you know that? You know, they, they don't quite on because nobody has listened to them like that. And that's part of what we're talking about with the sales, this ability to listen, it creates a rapport, you know, a, a kinship, a kind of a trusting with people to say if they're, and, and their unconscious mind, if they're getting this information, this kind of information and, and listening to this level, uh, it almost makes people want to share more of what they really want. Because if, if it takes away the manipulation part of it and brings it more into actually listening and caring. Absolutely. I want to hear more about, more about that right after we come back from uh, hearing a word from our sponsor. And we'll be right back with John, uh, with Mark Ryan. I'm thinking John over there. Uh, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, I, I, he's your buddy, yeah, but I, he's a, a huge teacher, a huge influence on me. But uh, we'll, I want to hear more from Mark, from Mark Ryan, but I want to hear more from Mark about uh, uh, what's happened to sales since uh, COVID right after this break. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. Do you like learning by yourself or with others? What if you could do both at the same time? Visit www.proficio.io. That's proficio.io, where you can learn in the environment that suits you as you choose. You are listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, and we're here with Mark Ryan. He's going to tell, talk about the, what's happened to sales since COVID. Mark? So basically what's happened is, is that a lot of people aren't making the money. A lot of people are wondering what's happening. Their level of trust, trust is big in sales. So people's level of trust is very confused right now. There's, there, there's not the same level of trust. Things were going really good before this, this all happened. And then all of a sudden different things are happening. We, we find out that this disease there, is this disease a naturally occurring thing? People were saying, is this coming from something that's military? So what it does, it makes people afraid. And then they become, and they're having to wear a mask. We can't see the face, body language. You talk about how important body language is. So a mask on somebody's face, you're missing a big part of their body language. You can't watch what their lips do. You know, what are their nostrils doing? Are they, are they breathing differently? Are they smiling? Are they frowning? Are they in shock? There's all kinds of things that we're going to miss with that. So what does that do? If you're not getting the information, what does that do? If you need certain information, make sure you're safe and you could trust the person in front of you and you're not getting that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not fully in, in trust mode. I'm going to have a hesitation. So if you're doing that or you're talking to somebody on Zoom where it might have been in person, like I was talking about that guy from the medical uh, that wanted to hire me to teach the people to do phone sales. And I was like, why? What's important to you about that? What's important was he goes, they go and sit in front of them and talk to them, mainly older people. And that's not available anymore. So how do they get trust with the client? How do they understand what's going on with the client? If you're in the home, they're wearing masks. If they let you in, if they dare let you in, and if not, then you have Zoom and then you've got a different level. So they, he said, they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, sure. 
So I, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question or if, if I could yeah. see you might have something a little bit more for me yeah, there. Well, no, that's you, you, we're right on we're right in the right vein. But you know, when I was when I was creating a virtual coaching program, you know, I wasn't going to have any of the stuff that you're talking about, which is all this information, uh, all this real time stuff that is invaluable. You know, this interaction on a human level. I had to say, okay, what's since I can't have that, I have to work with things that are static or just sans that, like things like values and hierarchy. You know, and I did, but when but when you have that opportunity to meet with a person or interact with a person as you know as a, as humans these this information even though it may be electronically delivered is still invaluable oh <laughs> right? yeah it's I, it's really invaluable and if it's not utilized then you could lose the sale or not lose the trust and the relationship can suffer I mean, you're, you're an expert in sales and in coaching. You've been at it for not 20 years, but 30. <laughs> I've yeah. only been in the game a decade, uh, less than that, actually. Um, do you find that rapport? Uh, how, talk about, can you talk about rapport in, 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 you know, on a human level or a coaching, le- or coaching or sales level? Yeah, and I, th- I think we have we have been, but let me talk a little bit more about it. Rapport is more kind of getting in sync with somebody. And when you're live with somebody in person, there's an, another element almost, it, it's almost an intuition that, that we have when all this stuff goes together, it's kind of, you get a feeling like I'll sit there with somebody. I say, you know, I'm, I'm getting all this, but something's telling me something. And that's my unconscious mind saying, Hey, you're picking up something and they're trying to present a certain way of this is the way it is, but you get a sense that it, that it's, it may be different. It may be just so, so the intuition aspect of it is not, not present anymore. And without that people, salespeople, let's say, don't feel safe and secure the way they were to make, to go to step two or step three or step four, they have certain things that complex equivalences or steps that, that once they meet this level, then I can go to the next level of questioning. And it's what part of the sales process I'm in. Well, that is based on feelings. Okay, I got a feeling. How do you know that? Well, they said this, this, and this, and, and I, my feeling is to move to the next level. It's almost like you got to relearn that again. It's gone. The, the original way of in-person now with COVID is, is not there anymore. So you have to learn a different way of doing that to trust yourself and to practice. And a lot of times, pe- uh, salespeople can be afraid like that guy was telling you with the, with the health company, he's like, they don't know what they're doing. Now we're talking seasoned professionals, older salespeople that go and sit in houses with older people and know how to sit with them and relate to them. But the rapport part of it, it is to use all your senses to sync up. And if there's something that's not there, that kind of blocks us. Well, the customer does the same thing. If they feel like they're, they're not in rapport, something's missing, something feels funny. This guy's a, uh, pushing a little too. I had a guy the other day trying to sell me something on, uh, for lawn care. And, uh, I said, if you looked at your Facebook site and he's like, he just kept kind of going around it. And I said, you're not going to get anywhere with me. I said, if you looked at your Facebook, you deal with that with me, talk to me. It was horrible. People are saying, don't do anything with them. They have a problem with this. They have a problem with that part. He was wanting to go through his steps that he had planned of how to sell, but he, I'm, I'm telling him a block, knowing what the process is and knowing I'm going through it, knowing I'm feeling it and saying, dude, you're not listening to me. You're not. So, so that rapport 
was cut from my end, but he wasn't listening. And so he had no clue. So I told him directly and he still didn't get it. I told him directly. So then I say, now, now there's no rapport because he's not listening to me. Get it? Listening. That's why listening is so important. Do, do, when you feel listened to, if I've got a good salesperson and I'm at a store, whether I'm going to a Best Buy and buying a stereo or something, if they're listening to it, I think about who can I send to that person to have a good experience? Because I want to say that guy was really good. That was, a, how can I go buy something more? Where am I? How, how, what other things can I buy from this guy? I want to support him. Why? Because he listened to me. He heard what I was saying. I was heard. I was heard. Yeah. And that brought in rapport. Right. And that's that. So rapport, especially if you're on the phone and especially with the COVID. And now that we're doing this, that same thing. If you're talking to somebody and they're off on another tangent, we can get back to that later. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're going to talk about that now. If you want to continue on with this phone call, my time is valuable. Their time is valuable. Same yeah. thing with a client. A client tells you something. I, I watched, I watched a guy at a seminar, a, a big name that I was at a seminar, doing a seminar with somebody in the past. And it was a, uh, it was a, a, a wealth seminar and this woman had paid a lot of money. I mean, these people paid a lot of money. I, I want to say 10 grand, 10, 12 grand, but it, it, the, 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 the seminar con continued after the couple of days that they were at the, at the location. And the guy that was speaking was up there. I know him and he was a kind of an associate speaker of the, the main guy. And she said, I want to know this, this, and this. He goes, and I'm thinking, wow, she's telling you what's important to her right now, right now. And he says, you know, that's, we'll get back to that later. Now, what I was saying, and just, and she just threw her pencil on the, a lot of stuff. I was sitting in the back of the room and uh, working with a camera and he didn't, wasn't paying attention to what she was saying, but she just stopped listening to everything he said. It just, she was taking furious notes. And as soon as he did that to her, she threw her pen down, sat with her arms crossed, which we all know, you know, they're saying with her legs and arms crossed, have a look like this. She's not hearing a word, he says, and she doesn't care. He's going to answer literally. She wants nothing to do with him anymore. <laughs> so rapport was gone. Right. Completely gone. I hope I answered your question. You, I know you, I you go did. off on tangents no, sometimes. No, I'm like, I'm the same way. You did. You know, I just, I was just talking to another Nilper recently and, and uh, I don't know. He, he was having some trouble and I, I made a, a joke about, I made a joke to me that I'm comedy is very important to me. Yeah. And he goes, don't you know about rapport? You know? And I could have, I could have said, well, yeah, well, I saw that you, we weren't, I wasn't going to persuade you and, and comedy is important to me, but I, I figured if I did that, that was just me using being in my ego and I just listened to him and let him have his say. And that was it. But yes, rapport is essential. Cause I know, cause without rapport, I wasn't going to, he wasn't going to hear me. You know, no, right. No. So what's, what was the point? It'll be wasting. Now you got another block to deal with. Now you, now you get, you got the, their first block, but now you just installed them. And that's what so many salespeople do. They install blocks, new blocks. It's, it's tough enough to help the client or the customer get through blocks. But if you're going to install some because you're not listening or paying attention or having rapport with a, a person, wow, you're making your job so much harder. That's great. Okay. Let's take a quick word from our, uh, word from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Mark Ryan. This episode of self-help coaching is brought to you by Proficio. What is the key to wealth? It's not just making money. 
that's not wasting it, avoiding debt and costly mistakes. To get the wealth mindset, visit www.proficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can start acting like a millionaire instead of just dreaming to be one. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza, and I'm here with my friend and person I admire very much, Mark J. Ryan. Mark, uh, do people buy, do people buy differently today? Well, I, th- I think what we've been talking about when you say do they buy differently, let me let me ask you this: when you say do they buy differently, what do you think about that question? When you say buy differently, how how would that apply I, to you? I, well, I think that it's much more electronic. Yeah, electronic. So they're going to be. So that means when you're talking to a person you don't have their full attention. You've got partial attention, even though it might be on video and zoom, you don't have the in-person where they come to a store to purchase from you like, like they have been. So there's going to be a lot more of that. So they're fine tuning their skills. They're looking for things. If, if they're unsure and they're afraid, they're looking for reasons to say no. Yeah. And if you're looking for reasons to say no, then it, you see how important listening is going to be asking the right question, giving them time to answer the question, finding out exactly what they want and why they value that. What's important to them about that. So there's a lot of different things that you have to cue in on. And if, if you, if you hear somebody go, oh, you got to pay attention to that and go and have a question to then ask them say, so, so up to this point, are we good? Is there anything that you don't understand? Anything you're confused about? Anything you want to know more about? So, but if you just go past that, there's a block that's there that you didn't address. So in, in the way people buy and how they buy, they're paying attention more. They don't know if they're going to have their job or how long they're going to have their job for. How much, how much did they lose over the period of time when there were the lockdowns? You, you don't know what's happening there. So what is their vigilance going to be on buying the product and finding out about you and finding out about, is this exactly what they need? And you you find out, listen to them and know how to respond back to them and repeat back to them in the way they need to hear it to say, yes, this is the product. But also if you're the salesperson, if you don't think it's right for them, don't, don't keep trying to push them on it. Don't you keep acknowledge and just say this i think i may know somebody that could do this better for you or a product that might work better for you being okay with that that the importance from the salesperson's part of point of view is is to care for your fellow human being that do they really need this is this a waste of their can you sell them yep do they really need it not so sure maybe it's time to go ask some more questions and find out if it's going to be but if you if you're asking them questions and you're finding out this, this does not sound or feel like the right fit for them. Uh, ask them again, why do you, why are you interested in this? Why do you feel like this is a good fit for you? And maybe they're convinced and then you go with it. But if you don't think it's going to be the right fit, just say, I think I might have something else better for you. I think you might be better served to go look somewhere else for that product to be okay to say people are in a tough situation. And I'm going to think about myself, however, not to the detriment of fellow human being. Now, other salespeople are going to probably flip me the middle finger and say, no, you get to whatever you can do. No, no it's, it's about caring for people. And that comes through. 
people, because then we get into a different aspect of sales called the trusted advisor. You know, are you going to be a trusted advisor or are you just going to be the used car salesman that wants the sale and then wants them to take the car off the lot so they can get to the next person? You know, in, in modern society, of course, we all need money and everyone more or less wants financial independence. So when I created my first home study course, I looked to Benjamin Franklin, even though he, was, he died long ago. I think that yeah. his, his principles are as applicable today as ever about well, the first course is the way to wealth, even though he was a polymath. And, but it's about giving and being a, a, a true person, being true to yourself. Uh, and some things are, are old fashioned and some things uh, don't change. <laughs> uh, uh, do the old fashioned sales techniques still work? So I'm going to, I want to flip this back on you for just a second. When you say old fashioned sales techniques, tell me what you mean by that, please. So I know we're on the same page. Well, uh, the high well, pressure sales type stuff, you mean? The, well, that's, I mean, high pressure is high pressure. That's not, and that's, that's like almost a cliche. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, someone just being relentless uh, and, persistent and uh, you know obviously you know of course persistence is, has always been the key to success but you know um i think the other side of that coin is learning so there's persistence on one side and learning on the other but to be specific about old-fashioned sales techniques uh i think that you know like well nor you know we're both nilpers we practice neuro linguistic programming you know when that's what you know nlp started off in psychology but quickly went into business and sales because it offered so much about how people think and how to persuade people. Yep, yep right? I agree. Right, and uh, but I now is, is that ob now now that, that was that was the seventies and eighties, and here it is now it's twenty twenty one. Is that obsolete now, or is that old fashioned now? No, I think that's that's what I'm doing. I mean, I I still do therapy and coaching and work with people. Uh, but when I started working with some salespeople for coaching, I had a, a guy just sent me this what, two, two days ago, if you're all right with me, just reading. Sure, sure. He said, uh, I asked him how he was doing. He, he, wrote, he wrote me and then he said, he said, he's doing amazing, man. Still utilizing your teaching in sales. All the other salespeople got fired within the company. So I was the only one and we're doing better numbers than ever before. Um, I need some more coaching soon. And again, I did, did some personal, so we did the seminar, but then afterward the seminar, I did a bunch of coaching with these people. So it's, it's the sense of does listening ever change? You know, if a good salesperson, when, when I was younger, I'd hear like good life insurance person. And I'm just like, I really felt cared for by this guy. And so the, the basically do they, uh, are, are, do they, are you congruent lined up evenly with the aspect of are you doing something for them helping them or are you doing something to them people feel like they're being sold that's something to them and they will i don't care what level of education they have they kind of uh, even kids will start to go like they've got something in them and that's innate protective mechanism but if you're for them, if you're a trusted advisor, which this is a big part of the seminar we get into, trusted advisor, how to listen and things. People also know 
all right, listen, this person cares about me and my welfare in this, and they're just trying not to make a sale. So as far as old-fashioned sales, I think people can continue to tell, is this person just trying to manipulate me and get old-fashioned, or do they, do they care? And with NLP, it's, it's, the, it's a backwards engineering. It's a refining of the process of what is successful. So what made successful sales? What are, the, what are the refinements of those processes that made people successful? Like listening, like caring, like rapport. How do they do that? So that the, the idea of me being an, an helper, as you're saying, NLP and hypnosis and working with clients to make change, it's, it was a no-brainer to me. Like, wait a minute, if it, that, that's what salespeople are doing, making change. I found that, change. I, I found that just in coaching, my job really was just to be a salesman, just to be a persuader. Exactly. To, you know, persuade people they don't have the problems that they insisted that they had. And, you know, and just, you got to do it artfully. You got to do it persuasively, elegantly, so that people believe it. But that's in essence all I friggin' did. You know, people. It's like I could say, like people, like I have this problem, Tony. I'm like, well, do you really? Well, yeah, I do. I'm like, well, do you really, really have it? Well, I, I think I do. Well, do you really, really have it? Well maybe not so much. Well, do you really, really, really have it? Well, maybe a little. Well, remember that problem that you had? What problem? <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm being, I'm cartoonish, but that's sure. really basically my job as a change worker and a coach, because all of 99% of our problems are all just between our ears, right? They're just- <laughs> It's interpretation. It's how you interpret it and right. how you believe it. Can I give you an example from yesterday? A guy that I talked to, he's a big trainer in Europe and he called me for, he used to call me for, three, four years for coaching. And then we kind of had discussion, but he, he, he said, you know, I'm having trouble with the word, but, and it was all his interpretation of what that meant. Somebody told him of the NLP meaning don't ever use, but cause it negates everything before it. Well, I'm like, is that true? It's, it's, it's not really true. So that when he, and he goes, Oh, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And it flipped it around and so the problem was it was bothering him to his detriment where it was causing him because he, the way he believed about something, but it's, it's that, that can be changed. There's an old saying, Tony, how do you get a dog to get rid of a bone? How do you get a bone from a dog? Or from a bigger bone? Throw him a pork chop. <laughs> right. They'll drop the bone. Yeah. So you got to have resources too. So if the person has something juicier that they want and you, uh, bring that out of a person and find out what that is at the properly placed time when it's when you're asking them to drop the bone if you've got a juicy pork chop there's a resource that they could have something better that's going to help a lot totally now uh, let's talk about sales coaching um, sure why why do you need a sales coach well, so many of the people like this guy, let's say, so he, him and uh, his brother actually are doing amazing sales. And I know one of the companies that they're working for. And they said that the, the listening was, was a big part of the process. But what happens is, is if let's say you're in a relationship with somebody and they keep saying you're doing this and you're saying, no, I'm not, that's not my intention. So if, if you're stuck with that and you don't see how you're doing it, because of a certain belief system, you're gonna keep doing the same behavior that you know, you're unconscious. We know enough about the unconscious, it's gonna default back to what it knows. It's gonna default back to what it knows. So if you have a pork chop and you, you know, and this is again, what we do with the coaching is to figure out 
how do we get them to see the resource at the perfect time, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, which a lot of our work is unconscious, that once they have that resource at that period of time, they have the ability to move on. But a lot of times, plain and simple to answer your question, people don't see it. Our job is to help them see it, but also have a resource to replace it with. It's not just about helping them see it. It's helping them have the resource to replace it with one that they agree upon that is going to work better. And then it's timing. It's knowing when to use it. So in sales, uh, a person can use a coach just to quite simply just sell more, be a better salesperson. To, to sell more. So many times that people, it's, and, and the thing is, I've, I work with enough, I've done sales, I sold cars, I've sold all different kinds of things. I had my own business or I sold different types of fishing and hunting glasses and sunglasses, boating glasses, polarized and stuff that I can see when people, I can see what people are doing themselves and I can make suggestions to say, you know what, they're, that they can't see that this is blocking them. And a lot of times it's just evoking what, what's the problem. There's something going on there. I used to do when I'd golf coach, when I go, I was doing golf coaching and I talked to different people and uh, I'm like, what is going on with you right now? And they're like, what do you mean? I said, no, you just went to a, a visual image and a memory and then your whole disposition changed and then you hit a terrible and they're like, what are you doing magic or something? How do you know? I just saw something. And it's like, well, they moved their eyes in a certain direction, but coaching enough you start to know when people are doing stuff well the same thing with salespeople; they have a bad memory that might come up at a certain time they don't have any clue that that just was what happened but if you're watching them and you ask them questions good enough you could see that they're accessing something inside that's not good for them that's causing and then if they have a bad feeling the, the client feels what they're feeling and then it scares them and they, i don't want to do the sale i'm not saying this exactly the way it is but pretty doggone close i've done enough coaching with it so to to bring that up make them aware of that and then also give them a resource to be able to shift that and change that consciously or even more powerfully unconsciously when their clients aren't feeling that stress or the emotions that they've been going through and they can get back to what's in it for the client there's nothing that's going to block the client now so coaching for sales is all about making sure that they're congruent and none of their stuff is going to come up that's going to create a reaction to the very perceptive, now more perceptive client paying attention, watching their money, making sure they're, they're getting sold properly and what they want. The unconscious is so powerful, as you know, that it can pick up tiny little cues and know they're being BSed, that something's wrong or they're, they're, they don't believe it like they're saying it. And so if you can align the salesperson with that, there's nothing that they're going to do that's going to begin to trigger other people and then teaching how to listen. I mean, teaching how to listen is, is super important. Totally. Uh, all right. Well, I want to, we're going to finish up on this topic. When we come back, we're going to have, I think our final break and we're going to come back with in the final segment with Mark J. Ryan, right after this word from this, our sponsor. This episode of self-help coaching is brought to you by Perficio perhaps the most common method that coaches worldwide use to get undisputable results for their clients is NLP. Visit www.perficio.io. That's perficio.io, where you can make the changes you want and get the results you dream of. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with Mark J. Ryan, and I'm loving this conversation. 
talking about so much stuff. Mark, you got you like you have like six areas of of, of expertise. It seems to me, uh, certainly your your area is personal development, but you know it's a number of areas such as sales. We, we're talking most most of our conversation today has been about sales. Uh, like, do you have a you have a couple of uh, home study courses in sales, don't you, or something like that? No, I'm actually working on a home study sales and or home study course in sales. Oh, but I've wow. got some other courses on my website that are basically self sales type things. Uh, some of them using spirituality, sp different spiritual things. For a while, I did some work with Ho'oponopono, which is an ancient Hawaiian practice. That fascinates me. Yeah, that is so fascinating to me. I've always wanted to get more and more into it. I haven't. But can you can you talk about that at all? Well, Ho'oponopono is a process. The, the word Ho'oponopono means to make right to me, make double right. And I read a story about a, a gentleman years ago that uh, ran the Hawaii State Hospital as a psychiatrist, but he's also native Hawaiian and practiced a lot of different healing techniques. And they used to have something where they would make sure that before you went to bed, which is more biblical, don't go to sleep with your anger, they would go down to the ocean where the land met the ocean and they would do certain exercises to forgive people. And so it's a, it's a practice of how do you forgive? Because obviously like we've been talking about with sales, if you've got blocks inside of you or you're feeling or you're angry and you haven't forgiven somebody, forgive, it's forgiving. I am now for, what are you forgiving? Forgiving back love, inclusion, uh, respect, like, but what, when we don't forgive and we're angry with somebody, we block some of that stuff. We don't want to give it to them. We don't feel like they deserve it. So then what do you do to start to begin to forgive yourself, forgive them so that clears something so they can feel they're not, they're not blocked. Remember we talked about when you feel something different with the golfers where they would, they would then a ball be off yip a ball and be off to the side or hook it, slice it, whatever. So it's a practice. Ho'oponopono is to be, make yourself more consciously aware of this when this is happening. And as Dr. Len said, that psychiatrist from the Hawaii State Hospital, he said, he said he never really saw patients. There was other doctors and psychiatrists there, but he would take patients and take their chart and then he would clean. What have I done that's contributed to this? It's, it's a very spiritual practice. A lot of people probably don't believe in there. And there's been a lot of different things with when we start practicing this with thousands of people and teaching this and people write back and say, what is this stuff? We don't understand what we're doing, but it's something has shifted. Something has changed. And it's, if, if, if you believe in unconscious, then it's the power of the unconscious. You believe in the spiritual, you're clearing a path. You had blocks, something in there that was not a letting uh, uh, and allowing a spiritual flow to occur. And for those that just want to believe it's the unconscious, it's the same thing like with a golfer, you had blocks there. I believe it's both. <laughs> Very well. Very I believe well. it's both. Yeah. You know, you see this bus behind me, Julius Caesar. My two greatest icons are the two JCs, Julius Caesar and Jesus Christ. Jesus. And I say that in the most non-religious way possible. I, I've been a born-again Christian more times than I'm sure of, but I'm totally, I do not like organized religion at all. Yeah. That said, that preface, one of the greatest things that I got into myself as a person and as a spiritual being was forgiveness. I had a lot to forgive, primarily <laughs> hating myself, okay? Uh, and I found that I had to forgive myself for forgiveness, external forgivenesses to, to hold. <laughs> and I also found, found that uh, very often I had to forgive constantly, frequently for something I forgave 
a thousand times already. I, there it was again, me having a grudge or some malice. And I had, and what I had to do was forgive again. But in this process of forgiveness, I found it's one of the greatest things that I've ever done or, or had as a person because everything that I, every grudge I have is just holds me down, that it's, it's in my way. It's in yes. my way. So whether you do it through Christianity or ho ho pono pono. Yeah, well said. You know, it's, it's something that really has to be done. And you don't do it for the other, you do it for yourself. And you, yeah. you know, and you get the benefit. You get and, the benefit. well. That's that's it. And and like I'll go back. I'll use your terminology. What if it's both? You do it for the other and for yourself. But to do it to the other, you have to release it in yourself. And as as the forgiveness flows through you, who gets to feel that? You absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's a lightning. It's a light. It's a cleansing. Yeah. Exactly oh, right. Beautiful. Exactly right. And a lot of, I've, you know, I've read a lot about Ho'oponopono, Pono, but I've, ne I've never, you know, mastered it or, or learned this, learned in a sufficient amount. I'd like to talk to you more about that another time because we're coming to the end. But it's really, I, I know a lot of it got into, at least a, a lot of Nilpers who teach it, got into a hypnotic part of it where you use a lot of uh, guided imagery. Uh, yeah, like the inner child meditation. And if, if people want to go onto YouTube and, Look, look under my name, Mark Ryan, hypnotic guy. There's a, I put a 20 minute guided and I, I, I sold it at first and now I put it up there. So people can, it's got like a half a million or 600,000 views, but it's a inner child meditation. It kind of takes you back using a, a, a process of Ho'oponopono, but it's also an NLP process, like timeline, going back to your inner child, younger you and working with forgiveness between yourself and uh, it's palpable people feel it people feel it when they're doing it but yet people around you feel it they're like what's different did you shave did you did you grow a mustache did you cut your hair what they know something's different but they're not they're looking for external things because they they can't see the internal shift that's occurred but they know something's happened it's it's powerful stuff and it's simple it's very simple it's great this is i mean we have we have so much in common but you're you're much more uh uh well you've done a lot of work and you have, and you put out work, you know, things that people could buy from you or, or just get that you freely offer. You know, you're really, a, I said it at the, at the outset, you're really a very generous person and it's, it speaks volumes about you. Uh, you know, you talk about spiritual guidance and, you know, the things and, and thing, and you make things available to people that are, that are not, that are easily learned in terms of their own self-improvement, like subliminal stuff, rather than, you know, just changing yourself, which is, we, which we all should do to improve. But subliminal makes it a lot easier than, you know, than having to uh, do it in ways that are perhaps more rigorous. You want, can you talk about subliminal, subliminal at all? Yeah, I haven't been doing subliminals a whole lot. I still sell subliminal products, but what it is, it's just like, what's going to make it easier for you? We know that the, there was research out there that the audio subliminals really didn't have a lot of research behind it to say this works. There's a lot of confusion, but the visuals, um, you've heard the old thing when they flash, you know, Coca-Cola in the movies and people went crazy at the theater concession stand and sold it like crazy. But that they, some of those, they, they're going like, well, we don't know if that was true, but the, the most more recent one, and this is t probably 10, 15 years ago when I was doing more of it, they're saying, okay, visual subliminals, we know there's something there that primes the brain, which means it sets it up. You know, it's the idea if I start talking about lemons and 
it's kind of sour on my tongue. If, we, if I do that long enough and people listen to it, they're sal- um, they're going to start salivating themselves like like a dog would when he, he Pavlov's bell heard the, heard the bell or the buzzer. So I just would say, what if I added this? So I'm using the NLP process. I'm using hypnosis process. What if I added that as well to, to help people in whatever ways I could? And uh, I had worked with Kevin Hogan on a bunch of that stuff. And he did, he, he was more of a scientist. He's not a religious man at all. He was when he was younger, but he'd say, we're going to have to test this. We're going to have to test this. But he gave me a lot of the research on subliminals. And he goes, well, he goes, we're getting good responses back. You know, let's, let's sell it. So subliminals do work visual auditory. If it's primed properly, you could probably get it through priming, which is mean just set, set the mind up to, to, to think a certain way. So it's like self-hypnosis. Um, so subliminals are powerful and, and I may go back and, and do some more, but, uh, I'm liking the conversational stuff that I'm doing and back to basic NLP and hypnosis, like you asked in the beginning, you know, does, is this old type coaching, old type therapy, old type helps? Yeah, it's, 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 it's how the brain works. It's backward engineering. So you got something that's successful and you find out how it works. You pull, it doesn't matter if it was back in the 1800s or now it's the brain's working the same way. I love the meditation you made for Pathisio. That is just fantastic. I was just listening to it again the other day. It's just fantastic. And you made multiple types for multiple types of people. It's just, you over-delivered for me. I mean, my, my, my partner, he's like, I only want one. I'm like, well, we got five. <laughs> Bob Ryan over-delivers. Yeah. Finally, I'll, I'll, I'll close off with this. You know, I noticed on your email, your email signature is a, a Joseph Campbell quote. Yeah. May, may I repeat it here? Sure. That's, that's one of his quotes. I've had two or three different Joseph Campbell. I love Joseph Campbell, but awesome. yeah, please repeat it to me. And, yeah. and the quote that you have on your email is the goal of life is to make your heartbeat match the beat of the universe to match your nature with capital N nature. Yeah. I love that. I, I think this is fine. I finally got to this after half a century, Mark, I, I feel that I'm finally matching these natures my own with this capital and i love that that you you share that can you uh touch on that yeah i I think that's what it's all about is the is the for me personally is is discovering more and more you know i had certain motivations and and desires that have changed over the years about why i do this you said you know you've got different areas of expertise it's like i some sometimes i i want to explore something else and say what can i learn how can i get closer to what the heartbeat of the universe is and to say it, it's it's a rapport with the universe why why have anything else than rapport with, the, with with how you came into existence find out the the nature of how it works and how you can line up with it and then you know one of the other joseph campbell ones was that man, men are look and i'm gonna bastardize this a little bit but men and women people are looking for the feeling of being alive they want to know they're alive you know, and, and, and so the work is that what can we do with, with resources or if they're out of sync with the universe and the heart of the universe, how do we get them back in there where they go like, yeah, I've had a lot of coaching sessions with people where they wanted something and they're like, don't go any further. You just get, you gave me more than what I was looking for. This is, I didn't even know that I needed this or wanted this, but doing that is exactly what I'm looking for. Let's just, because it's, it's a higher level, which then takes care of the lower level levels of abstraction, obviously. 
So it's, you know, all the time before I go to sleep, I'm listening to something is like, what did this person learn about syncing up with the universe, with their God, with whatever their belief system is, but for lack of a better term or Joseph Campbell's terms, the universe, what is it? And that's what people want. They want to feel alive and they want to get back in sync with that. And if they're playing golf, why do they play golf? Because they, they may want to score something, but ultimately in their unconscious mind, they want to be in sync with the universe, with the nature, walking around, being having friends uh, with them and being having fun with them. And what stops that? Blocks. So our job as coaches, our, my job, I look and say, no matter whether it's sales or whether it's golfing or whether it's just somebody saying, you know, I'm having a bad relationship and I keep something from with my mother or father keeps coming up. Can you help me get rid of that? Yeah, let's let's work on that. Let's find a good resource for you. Let's find out what the block is and let's see if we can replace it. And they get it there and it's, a, it's in their place and they go, wow, wow, I feel more what in heartbeat with the universe. Awesome. That's great. Uh, that has been an awesome conversation with you, Mark. How, how do people contact you? Yeah, just go to Mark at markjryan.com. That's an email that'll come directly to me, or you can go to my website, Mark J, the initial J, R Y A N.com, markjryan.com. And if they want to do some coaching or buy any products, you'll see it all on the top of the page there. They can get there or contact me and I'll help you out with it. Great. And what do they have to look forward to in the future? I know you said you are making a, a sales course. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working on a sales case, but I'm trying to make it so it's not because a lot of times sales turns people off. Mm. So I'm looking for what what else are, you know, being a trusted advisor or whatever, but that, you know, the name is probably a trademark, but coming up with some kind of a name to say, you're, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're going to work for a job, you're selling, you're selling. And you say, well, I don't like sales. I don't want, well, you're doing it anyways. Let's find a different name for it. Let's find a different way. So that's what I'm in the process of doing and saying, how can I make it palatable to everybody? Because they're doing it anyways. That's great, man. So uh, go to markjryan.com and there's so much to offer there uh, in terms of self-dev. Mark, you have been an awesome guest. I'm so delighted to finally have had this conversation with yeah, you. Yeah, me too, Tony. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you want to say goodbye to the people? Yes. Thank you, Tony. And thank you to your audience who's going to be listening here. And uh, sink your heart up with the heart of the universe, no matter what you're doing. And you're going to find some magic there. It'll transform your life and how you live around other people. And they'll feel it. It'll make it better. Thank you very much for being here, Mark. You've been a delight. I really appreciate it. And everyone, remember that we're all responsible for ourselves and we can all use some help. Yeah. See you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.